all aboard the Booze Cruise podcast. We're about <laughs> to watch the movie Vanilla Sky. And the only thing I think of when I hear that title is the vodka, which, surprise, is in the cocktail for this episode. But I actually, you said that maybe you'd seen this. Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing it. All I really remember is um, like a skyscraper, like Tom Cruise being on top of a skyscraper at one point, like an outdoor deck-ish. Rooftop. Rooftop is the word I'm looking for. Rooftop. Yes. We'll see if that actually happens, though. Okay, perfect. (laughs) It feels like maybe I know what scene you're talking. I haven't seen it, but I've seen like images from it. Yeah. And I feel like that could be the case. I do feel like it's weird. Yes. And I'm the only thing I know is really that Penelope Cruz is in it uh-huh. and that they dated because they were in this movie together. <laughs> I, I do know that bit of pop culture. I know that Cameron Diaz is in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, Tom Cruise. The only thing I can think of is the cover of the, of the movie is just his face with the sky behind yeah. it. I feel like I know that it's like a dream weirdness yeah i think that's why i think it's weird i do know yeah. that it's not, not like an alternate reality but or maybe i don't know i know that it's cameron crow is the director who also did do you know what other tom cruise movie he directed no fill me in jerry Maguire. oh which is a great movie okay um but this would have come out 2001 we were freshmen in high school yeah so i obviously didn't see it then it's rated r right i do feel the need to prepare you that i feel like there's <laughs> weird stuff that's about to happen in this movie okay so I do recall it being confusing and I do remember Cameron Diaz and Penelope Cruz and him thinking he's awesome, but Oh, perfect. Okay. And, and then the rooftop, that's about it. And then the rooftop and the, the skyscraper. <laughs> okay. So we're in for a, a real treat with Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, Tom Cruise and a skyscraper with, yes. a, with a deck yes. <laughs> and a sky and a sky. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like this is one that flies under the radar for Tom Cruise. Maybe I'm wrong, but like nobody thinks of this movie when they think of Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did kind of have a weird patch there in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I think the only thing that we can do, though, is just watch it and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited about the cocktail. I know. Woohoo. We'll talk about the <laughs> cocktail after we get back. But let's go ahead and get started. Let's watch this movie. All right. Open your eyes whole lives without any real adventure to call our own. What is any life if not the pursuit of a dream? They're all waiting for you. Courtney Love called to see if you got her email, and the art department still needs a decision on the color of the letters for the bikini issue. David, which one? Hi, honey, I'll call you later. When? Don't say soon. I hate it when you say soon. Soon! You slept with Julie Gianni again, didn't you? Julie's a friend. Sometimes we sleep together. You can do whatever you want with your life, but one day you'll know what love truly is. To what do I owe this pleasure? The pleasure of Sophia. I would spend the rest of my life with that girl, man. I am not going in there. Bye. Good night. Beautiful. 
beautiful. How much for? One kiss. That smile is going to be the end of me. David Ames. You're following me. I just felt bad at your party. When did you stop caring, David? Slow down, Julie. When you sleep with someone, your body makes a promise whether you do or not. Do you believe in God? Open your eyes. We've got a situation here. What is this? I didn't do this. You've been charged with murder. There's no murder. I want Sophia back. These people are dangerous. They want to steal my life! There's an explanation for all this, David. messed up well that was interesting (laughs) (laughs) that was like definitely one of the weirder tom cruise movies i've watched for the podcast and we'll get into that but that was weird yeah how many times were we like what is happening right now i don't even know what is happening what's real what's a dream what's a flashback what's a flash forward yeah there's a lot going on anyways Welcome to episode 22 of the Booze Cruise podcast, where my guest and I, Megan Curry Taylor, her real name's Megan Taylor because she's married, but I just, she'll always be Megan Curry in my heart. Um, And I just watched Vanilla Sky. Megan, we have been friends since second grade. Yes. One of my earliest childhood memories <laughs> is going to Megan's <laughs> and playing Sorry Behind Your Couch. Remember we've talked about I this. I think it was technically like inside the couch because it was a pull-out couch. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. we it was just it was pulled out but we were like behind it. it yeah we were like under it and behind it um and i just i've i've told megan this story times. i was like we slept downstairs on the pull-out couch and then she fell asleep but the tv was like just doing the white noise like static thing all night and i couldn't find the remote and i didn't know how to turn it off and i was really stressed about it you should have just woken me up i should have but i felt bad and that was the impetus of our friendship or the beginning um megan is very tall for those of you who are listening and don't know megan um so i have a lot of funny memories megan was like you're such a rule follower yes and i am too to an extent but megan wouldn't like so we grew up going to the same elementary school oh and she was so worried. This is embarrassing. She was so worried about getting in trouble that you could literally, like if you were sitting next to her in class, you'd be like, Hey Megan. And she wouldn't even look at you. She wouldn't even acknowledge your existence. And somehow we still became friends. So it all worked out in the end. How many pink tallies did you get? Like zero? I got one in kindergarten and none after that. You got 
none after, after that? that? No. I think I had a pink tally a week in <laughs> in elementary school. So, um, but despite all of that, Megan and I became really, really good friends. And uh, we have been friends ever since. And there was five of us in high school, middle school, high school that hung out together. Megan and I played basketball together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of really, really good memories over yes. the years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And now we don't get to see each other very often. It's really sad because it's, well, it's great for you. You have triplets and you're married. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very happy for Thank you. you. <laughs> but it also means that she is very busy. Yes. Um, and so I was, I was gearing up to, to boot the podcast back up and I was like, I have to have Megan on. And I picked you for this movie. Do you know why I picked you for this movie? Can no. you guess? Uh, Take a second and guess. See if uh, you can guess. I mean, I, I like vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> really you can't guess i because no i don't think so because cameron diaz is in it and oh. what is what is one of our favorite movies yes charlie's angels charlie's angels specifically full throttle yes we should rewatch that sometime we do it well we need to rewatch the first one full throttle and then have you watched the new one i have not okay so we need to watch we were gonna go see that one together yes yeah. and then you know yeah life yes, happens life. So I picked Megan for this because of Cameron Diaz, because of our Charlie's Angels connection, not knowing that this is a super weird yeah. Tom Cruise movie. I'm like, oh, Cameron Crowe, Jerry Maguire. It'll be like, no, it wasn't. It was, is weird. It was weird. And I'm pretty sure maybe I saw the last scene, but there's <laughs> no way I saw that whole movie because I don't remember any of it. And I feel like that would be hard to forget. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in this movie. And Megan was like, eh think i saw this i think i would have remembered this um yeah so it's it was interesting but that is why i picked you for this movie not because it was a weird movie and i I wanted you to enjoy that i just there was the cameron diaz connection which fun fact there is another tom cruise cameron diaz movie um that's more recent that has both of them in it do you know which movie that is and have you seen it i'm terrible with movies uh I bet you haven't seen it. I feel like it. it sounds somewhat familiar, but I can't say I'm, you know, I'm real bad with. I know. It's an action movie. I think you would like it. It's kind of in the vein of Charlie's Angels. It's called Night and Day. Have you oh, seen it? No, I have not seen it. Okay, that. we got to add that to our watch list too. Okay. Um, I have already done it on the podcast, but it is one of my favorite movies. So okay. I would be more oh. than happy to watch it with you. Yeah. It's like action comedy. Oh, I like know. that kind. Yeah, I think yeah. you would like it. So... That's why I picked you for this. This was, I had another person for, I had a Kim for night and day. We I did that one. Is, I know, Jessica. but there's still another, another Cameron Diaz maybe for you. And that was this one. And it's definitely the worst of the two. So I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Um, Cameron Crowe. We'll get into this a little bit. Cameron Crowe's the director. He also did Jerry Maguire. I feel like these are, those are two. You've not seen Jerry Maguire, but right. <laughs> I feel like he like explores these like deeper like human emotions and just like life philosophy things. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know why I was surprised. It just, this was just a weirder version of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, but it is a very Cameron Crowe movie. Like I'm not surprised. It was kind of like, I kept thinking, and I've not seen either of these movies, but in my mind, I was like, it's like Requiem for a Dream meets American Psycho. And I don't even know what that means because I've not seen those two. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of, I looked up the genres for this movie um, because I was like, I wonder what kind of 
I literally just thought like, oh, Cameron Diaz, Penelope Cruz, Tom Cruise. It'll be like a rom-com. It is not. (laughs) Um, But I looked up and the genres that they have listed for it are fantasy, mystery, romance, sci-fi, and thriller. So if you can imagine a movie that mashes up all five of those... (laughs) That's pretty much what we just watched, which is might be why we were like, what is happening? Like half mm-hmm. of the movie. If you before I do the Rotten Tomatoes score. So that's like critics and like an audience score on a scale of one to ten. What would you give this movie? Oh, man. Well, it was interesting. It really did make you think. It, it was kind of compelling on a certain yeah. level. Like you do want to know what's happening. Like right. you're at least intrigued. Right. Yes. Yes, it was definitely not boring. It was just very confusing. I mean, I wouldn't label it as my type of movie, (laughs) but just in general. Yeah. um, I would give it at least a six or seven, probably. I would say six. I was going to give it a six. Six seems fair. So maybe a 6.5 for you. Yeah, 6.5. It's not like... Uh, well, I don't know. I was going to say it's not super rewatchable, but kind of at the end of it, I was like, I might watch that one more time just to see if I pick up on anything. Right. But I wouldn't be, I'm not like suggesting it to people. Like, you know what you should watch. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a really good one. You're going to want to sit down and grab the popcorn for this one. Cause it's kind of weird. It's a little bit out there. You kind of have to be in the mood for it. Um, the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So the tomato meter, they gave it a 42%. Oh, so four out of 10. But the audience score was a 72%. So right, we're right I, around there. We're right around there. But people liked it a little bit more than we did. I feel like there's a whole like group of people that love those like, and I usually like movies like that that are like thinkers where it's mm-hmm. like kind of you have to figure it out. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Six, seven. I think you're right. I think right around there in that range. Um, we alluded to it earlier, but our cocktail for this episode is called the Vanilla Sky Vodka Cocktail because... Vanilla Sky, Mm -hmm. the movie. So we added, we had uh, orange triple sec, amaretto, lime juice, pineapple juice. And then we added a little cream soda for the vanilla Vanilla part. Vanilla cream soda. Um, And mixed it all up, poured it over some ice. It was actually pretty good. It was delicious. I really liked it. I changed the mixture the second time we went back, um, put a little less pineapple juice in it. But it's like, it was refreshing. Yeah. It had a, like a punch type of feel but with the vanilla um taste i don't know i liked it it, it was, was different it's different i don't know that i drink it you know normally but it's a nice little special occasion <laughs> cocktail right <laughs> i mean who's a love cream soda <laughs> yeah okay so i don't feel like it's almost impossible to describe the plot of this movie i was sitting here trying to decide how are we going to break down the plot and it is literally almost impossible because of how confusing it is mm-hmm and I don't know, where would you start? I mean, basically, you have a guy who... <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, David. <laughs> David. Um, who has kind of everything. He's rich. He, um, well, he has a friend with benefits. Um, yes. And then he meets this girl. That's, that's the nicer way of saying <laughs> what they call her. In yes. <laughs> Um, and then he meets this girl and he falls in love with her. So the, the friend with benefits is Cameron Diaz. Sorry. (laughs) The other, this woman he ends up falling in love with Sophia is Penelope Cruz. Yes. Um, but because of, I mean, how much should we 
We can give away. I mean, I don't think it's going to be less confusing than the movie. Okay. Well, I mean, in the end, you kind of find out basically that each, there are consequences to your choices. And yes, because of how he treated, um, Julie or Cameron Diaz's character, um, he, and he made the choice to get in a car with her. Yeah. Then, um, that pretty much screwed up everything he had it going ruined, on. Yeah. Ruined yeah. his life. Yeah. So his dad owns this like mega conglomerate, something or other. Magazine. They don't, yeah, they don't really ever fully explain what it is. Huge, huge high rise in New York city, which I wrote in one of my, in my notes and I was like, how appropriate that it was set in New oh, York city yeah. because Megan and I went to New York city for, for my 16th, 16th birthday. birthday with my mom. <laughs> it was a really fun story um, about that. And, uh, you know what? Sidebar. We're sidebarring for the story because it's worth it. And I've told it a million times, but we went to, so for my 16th birthday, my parents who I love and such a generous gift yes. said, Hey, we're going to take you to New York city. You get to pick a friend to go with you. And we're going to go between Christmas and new year's. My birthday's in September. So we, I picked Megan and we, we hop in a car with my mom. We drive all the way to New York city. It's kind of crazy. Literally like two days after Christmas, like we like pick up and drive, uh, drive off. And it's the first night that we're, so we got up early that morning. We drive all the way to New York city and my mom, my sweet mom got us tickets to the radio city music hall rockets, Christmas spectacular. Mm -hmm. And we had dinner at an Italian restaurant. Like we almost Mm -hmm. didn't make it. Megan and I got dolled up and we had like homecoming dresses on. Like we were like Mm -hmm. to the nines and my mom was too. Like we were all super dressed up. She was, I remember what she, she had these (laughs) black flowy. They were like these pants that had like this, like chiffon flowiness off of them. They were like a skirt. They were very fancy. Yes. Super fancy. So, but hazardous. Yes. But hazardous (laughs) as you'll find out. So we go to the, we go to dinner. We're rushing. I mean, like we barely made it to our dinner reservation. We're like barely making it to the show. We finally sit down in our seats. We're like, I mean, what? 10 rows from the stage or something. Like we were really close. This is Radio mm-hmm. City Music yeah, Hall. We it's really huge. Close. And Megan has like never been to a show. Well, I've never been to a show like this, but Megan's like, we look over halfway through. There's like an ice skating ring coming out of the stage. And we <laughs> mom and I look over and Megan's mouth is just like hanging open as she's watching. It was awesome. It was pretty cool. So we're exhausted. Full day. Travel. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Not to mention your mom driving in the city. Pretty hilarious. Yeah. We ended up in Chinatown. I don't know how we got that far down. She was just like going for it. And like she was confident and you have to be, you know, otherwise you just get steamrolled. So we are walking back. They also, we got like these huge bags of like stuff from this story also makes me sound like the worst daughter on the face of the planet, which I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why my mom was carrying both of our bags, but she was. So she's carrying both of our bags. I'm confidently walking in front of her on my, all of my six hours of being in New York city that I know exactly what I'm doing. So to this day, she maintains that there was a cab coming. There was not, but I started to cross the street and my mom freaked out and yelled at me. And I turned around and when she stepped off of the curb, her, like shoe caught the edge of her flowy pants. Yes, yes. Megan is behind my mom. I am in front of my mom. She 
eats it. Like totally face plants, <laughs> I think, yes. right? No, doesn't catch herself. She's her hands are full of the of the bags of stuff because we're not carrying anything. So she like hits her jaw on the floor. <laughs> and I, mom. Oh. I what do I do? I don't help her. I turn around and start yelling, get up! Get up! Which makes me sound like a terrible daughter, but really I was freaking out and I think I was paralyzed and I didn't know what else to do. You also were paralyzed. Not, we didn't know what to do. So I'm now I'm scared that a cab's going to come. I'm like, she's wearing all black and she's laying in the middle of the road. Like I was like panicking. And so my mom finally gets up. We're like a block and a half from our hotel at this point. Like we are not that far. Mm-hmm. So we all just kind of like, I'm like, are you okay? You know, whatever. And she's like, I'm fine. So we get back to the hotel room and we kind of, it was like a quiet walk back to the hotel room and we get into the room and mom sets everything down and she turns and she looks at Megan and she goes, it's okay, Megan, you can laugh. <laughs> so Megan laughs. I start laughing. We're all laughing. And my mom was like, I mean, you're a terrible daughter for not helping me up. But and so to this day, I think we went back like in gosh. 2017, I think. And I found the street corner. Did you? I found the, and I took a picture of the sign because I was like, it's like the corner seventh and 57th or something like that. Wow. Good memory. Um, I don't know. We found, I didn't know that, but then I, we found it based on like where we would have been walking. And, uh, yeah. So it's, so anyways, really good memories for Megan and I in New York city. Honestly, the thing, the scene that made me think of it is when he, it's like the dream, which now everything's a dream right where he meets up with Sophia in Central Park and like the yes, and I was like oh it's yeah. like our pictures in Central Park yes yeah we had a really good time on that trip that was we a did. fun trip your we mom's the greatest yeah we saw yeah. lots of cool stuff yeah we did we did a lot of, a lot of cool stuff it go was Karen really Ross she's amazing she is heard her draw the first day and just kept going way to go Roxy which come to think of it she was probably only a few years older than what I am right now okay right? let's do this math so uh she was 21 when she had me so she would have been 37 so yeah yeah I'm 34 oh my gosh Megan I know what the heck I know think of oh my gosh yeah that just crazy. blows my mind I can't yeah. even that's crazy anyways David Ames, Tom Cruise's character, dad owns his company, leaves it to him. There's a very controlling board of members that he calls the seven dwarves. Yes. Um, and he's not really involved. Like he's like very like passively mm-hmm. running this company. He owns mm-hmm. 51% of it. They control the other 49. And um, it's clear like he just, he has a friend named Brian played by Jason Lee and he just does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Like he's just hanging out. He's dodging phone calls from the office, like all this stuff. He has Cameron Diaz, his little friend with benefits. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is they're throwing this big birthday party mm-hmm. and he's kind of like narrating it, but you don't really know who he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's his 33rd birthday because he says I was about to turn 33 yeah, when it right. first starts, which yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm 33. And then he was pulling gray hairs out of his, and I was like, I do that every morning. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm in great company. Um, so he, uh, at this birthday party is where he meets Sophia. So his friend, Brian brings Sophia to the party. Julie mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz's character is like obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. And, He's like casually sleeping with her basically and just using her. their friends, but they're, you know, they're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she like loves him. 
Yeah. Like it's is like in, an yeah, like is in love with him. And this girl, Penelope Cruz shows up to the party and he's, it's like love at first sight. Like mm-hmm. he's like locked in with her. Um, and he ends up hanging out with her that night. They end up going back to her place and yeah. they don't do anything. No, but they're just having fun. They're like drawing pictures of each other and you know, all this stuff. It's like this one night of like perfect, you know, whatever. And so he's leaving and he's like, I'm going to work. It's like, he makes, she makes him a better man. Like, right. So she's like inspired mm-hmm. him to like, go to the, actually go to the office, do your job, run the company. Right. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm going to the office. I'm going to run this company, you know, mm-hmm. and he leaves. And as he's leaving, what you were saying, like Julie pulls up in her car and she's been waiting for him, I guess mm-hmm. all night. <laughs> like she followed him there. Mm-hmm. Cameron is a little nuts in this movie. She is. Um, Follows him there and convinces him to get into the car with her. And this is the big turning point. So do you want to take it from here? Sure. So basically it seems like she kind of lures him in and it seems like, you know, she just wants to be fun and frisky. However, as she's driving, (laughs) (laughs) as she's driving, Um, she basically starts saying how much she cares about him and that she feels mistreated. And she references that Brian, um, had told her what, um, David actually thought of her, which I don't called her. I, I don't know if that he, he denies it. They both denied it, but was one of the denials in the, in the getting getting ahead of ourselves too hard. Anyway, it sounds like something he would say. And also it feel you do see Brian and Julie like talking at the yeah. party after that. So I'm like, I'm kind of thinking that actually it's probably did true. So anyway, she feels obviously like disrespected and hurt, yeah. mostly hurt. It's by a really it. derogatory term that neither of us feel comfortable repeating. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she is basically like going absolutely insane. Like, like she's driving, driving like a maniac. Yeah. Like, you know, multiple times they could have crashed, but um, then she ends up basically driving off of a, a bridge, bridge yeah. and, you know, they land on the road beneath them. And they smash into a wall. Like it's like bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you assume or think that both of them are dead. Yeah. Which, um, you then find out that David lives. He was in a coma for about three and a half weeks, I believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, he really, really injured his arm. He walks with a limp and he very much so disfigured his face. Yeah. Um, It's actually, shocking how bad they could make tom cruise look it did look pretty believable yeah like the prosthetics were like the makeup and everything it was actually like <laughs> there's a point where they fix his face and i was like how'd they do that and then i was like oh wait that's not his face always looks like that like, right it's not i was like how did they do that and i was like oh wait wait wait, wait, wait. that's his real face right the messed up face is the prosthetics but it's still very imp- the yeah it's very impressive um, yeah. So, um, and then of course, Cameron Diaz's character, Julie Gianni, which they always refer to her throughout the whole movie as Julie, like Julie Gianni, Gianni person, yeah. last name. Um, but she dies in the yeah. wreck. They call it a suicide. 
Yes. Like it's a suicide and he just happened to be in the car with her. Yeah. And he kind of got the raw end of the deal. Yes. So. Yeah. So then he's now living with this disfigurement. But he's so rich. He's like trying to fix it. And like weird stuff starts happening. Like he gets back together with Sophia, but his face isn't fixed. You do find out we have failed to mention too. We said he was like narrating, but we didn't know what he was narrating. You find out pretty early on in the movie. Also, his narration sounds weird. And then it cuts to him and he's wearing this like prosthetic mask, like a latex mask. Mm -hmm. And it muffles his voice. And he's talking to McCabe, who is a psychologist. And he's telling. So everything that he's talking about is a flashback that he's telling this guy about. Mm -hmm. Kurt Russell plays McCabe. So, um, so he's kind of narrating it, but he's in prison and you don't know why you're like, why is he telling him this story? He's in prison. You find out that he's been accused of murder for a second. I thought they were going to accuse him of murder of Julie from the car accident. I was like, so confused. I was like, wow, she was driving the car. Like I was very confused. Right. So there's a lot like, why is he in jail? What's he telling McCabe? He won't Mm -hmm. remove his mask. Right. And he he like refuses to show it to him. So the whole time you're like, what is going on? So he gets out of the car accident. He finds, he goes through like a time period where he's like trying to fix his face. Um, There's a really, really funny scene that Megan and I both (laughs) laughed at really, really, really hard. Um, Because the doctors really didn't fix anything. He's terrible headaches that he's like dealing with. Um, And He's like, there has to be something. And they're like, well, we didn't want to show you now, but we've been working on it for a couple of weeks. And they like open the box and it's a mask. It's the mask that he's wearing in the flash forwards. And they're trying to like talk it up like it's something like what do they call it? Like uh, a like facial prosthesis. And they say that it shows your generation shield or something yeah. like it has. They gave it all these names. And he's like, oh, good, because I thought we were just talking about an epic mask. <laughs> like he just like loses it and jumps up and down. And I was like, yeah, I get that. That is how I would feel as well. So um, it was we, we laughed probably for too long at that. Yeah. Um, but. So they end up basically like he starts, they fix his face. He, they, he's disfigured. He, this is why we shouldn't have tried to, I'm like at this it's, point, it's there's hard. really no, there's no point in trying to describe it. Cause it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up connect reconnecting with Sophia and Brian, his friend, but because mm-hmm. he's kind of in hiding, he's hurting like his, he has these headaches. He's ashamed of his face. Um, he finally works up the courage to go meet Sophia at her dance studio and ask her out basically and mm-hmm. yeah so he's like let's go out this weekend so they're gonna go to this club well brian shows up he didn't invite brian but he's walking up with the mask on and i literally told megan i was like if i was out <laughs> and i that would scare the living daylight so you can't just walk into a club with a fake mask on that's terrifying right. Um, it looks like the halloween mask yes from the movie does. halloween it does without the hair um and but his hair kind of goes over it. it's it's just kind of freaky looking it's kind of freaky it. i mean you kind of get used to it but also it's weird yeah so they kind of tell him to like take the mask off and he's like no like he's really doesn't want to take it off so then he gets like really drunk really really drunk mm-hmm. and he's being like 
offensive, you know, like there's just like a lot of stuff going on. So they finally all leave. And Sophia like doesn't want anything to do with either one of them. And he ends up passing out just on the street Mm -hmm. and he wakes up to Sophia like, Hey, open your eyes, open your eyes. That's a phrase that's uttered a lot, Mm -hmm. which fun fact, this movie is actually a remake really of another movie called open your eyes. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of an homage to the, that movie, Interesting. The, that line, open but your eyes. open your eyes. Is that your Penelope Cruz? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> <That was> pretty good. <laughs> um, so then he and Sophia start dating. They figure out this technology to fix his face. How do they fix his face in the, um, they oh, they, how, they, but they, yeah, they got a, another plastic surgeon from Berlin. Oh, that's and right. And they did some type of, I don't know, something regenerating. Cell regeneration yeah. or something. And then they put another like face shield type yes. thing on him for it to actually like grow back. Yeah. And then eventually he could take that off. But yeah. And it then fixed he, everything. Yeah. And then he was like scared to take it off. She takes it off. His face looks completely normal. Mm-hmm. Um, And so he... So life seems to be like normal again. And then he starts seeing people and like weird things start happening. And this, and you're, you're kind of getting close. You kind of find out that he's in jail because he committed a murder. You still don't know what it is, but all of a sudden, like he like has a lot of like dreams that don't make sense or like they look like reality, but they're not. And then he wakes up and then he does the same thing again and everything's fine. Right. I feel like that was important to the story. I feel like we didn't say that. Yeah. That happens throughout the movie. That's so much of the movie that you don't know like what is really happening and what is a dream. Even the jail part. It's like, is that a dream or is that really happening? You don't know. So he wakes up next to what's her face Penelope Cruz Sophia and he goes and he looks in the mirror he's like wakes up in the middle of the night he's thirsty he goes and looks up in the Mm -hmm. mirror and he turns the light on and it's his disfigured face again Mm -hmm. and he starts screaming so she starts screaming and then he wakes up again Mm -hmm. and you're like oh it was a dream Mm -hmm. and then he wakes up and then who rolls over Julie Gianni Cameron Diaz and you're like wait what what like is this a dream what is happening like is he dreaming twice is this Mm -hmm. is this reality what was a dream what's not he starts freaking out long story short he kills her Mm -hmm. he kills Julie who we thought was dead in the car accident right he thought was dead we all thought she was dead but she keeps switching back and forth between Cameron Diaz and Penelope Cruz and there's like mul- a few scenes where that's happening and when he kills her though she is claiming that she is Sophia yeah she says multiple times oh because he like he goes to the prison and he's they're like you should never do this to a woman and he's like what are you talking about and he's like they're like you should never have done that to Sophia and they pull a picture out and it's Cameron Diaz right all beat up and he's like that's not Sophia. That's Julie. And they're like, no, this is Sophia. And like, everybody's in on it. Right. So then you're like, wait, is somebody like messing with him? Like, is somebody right. playing a trick on him? And they keep saying like, um, it switches back and forth to the prison. And the guy's like, you were shouting the word, you were shouting for Ellie last night in your sleep. Mm-hmm. Who is Ellie? And he's like, I don't know an Ellie. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And he sees this guy in a bar and the guy's like, you signed a contract with me. Like basically 
you're controlling everything. Like, if you want to make it stop, you can make it stop. And he's like, mm-hmm. I just want everybody in this bar to shut the app up. And then they all get quiet. And he's like, wait a second. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Some other things happen with McCabe. But long story short, he, you find out that he has cryogenically frozen his body. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets really weird. Af- wait. So the story, so when he passes out on the street after the club, everything that we have seen after that has been a lucid dream that he has paid for after he actually died, Mm -hmm. which is the story we didn't know. Mm -hmm. So everything, so he had like dreams within a dream. And basically the problem was that his dream turned into a nightmare. So in his dream, like your lucid dream, you're supposed to be able to control everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But he got so deep into it that it turned into a nightmare where he was being accused of a murder that obviously he didn't do because it was a dream. Right. Which is explained the whole like weird dream stuff happening of like them switching back and forth and like all that weird stuff. Yeah. Um. So his face never got fixed. Like his face is still disfigured. Right. In his cryogenically frozen body. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And... So I have to really think about that for a second. (laughs) So he finds the place L E stands for life life, extension, life extension. And Tilda Swinton's running (laughs) L (laughs) E, which I love the witch from the line, the witch in the wardrobe, which also Megan was like his lawyer. She was like, is that the guy? Is he using it in enchanted? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And she was like, what's his name? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, I'm going to write attorney. And I was like, write attorney from enchanted. (laughs) He's also in Harry Potter, but she hadn't seen those. So, um, but I forget that actor's name. Um, But basically the whole like, He's been cryogenically frozen for 150 years is mm-hmm. what we find out. Mm-hmm. And basically this guy that keeps like appearing in his dream, his lucid dream is tech support for this life extension company, mm-hmm. which maybe we should point out that he finds out about life extension from like this commercial about, or it was a, no, it was like a, a show, a TV show where this dog had like Benny, Benny had okay. fallen into yes. a river or a pond or something and had frozen for like three years. Um, yeah, some ex- or was it three years, three months doesn't I don't make remember. any sense. Anyway, yeah. so I mean, it's in does, his dream, so it doesn't really. So I guess it doesn't have to make was sense. Life extension based on Benny? Did they? I don't know. In his dream, it was okay. Well, anyway, so that's how he like figures out this life extent or the what first sparks his interest in life extension correct no, no they he found him on the internet but like the guy that- said but be in his lucid dream he had like left cookie crumbs of like oh. this life extension place or like they put that in there oh okay because like there's a commercial on a tv in the prison there's a commercial at his house but it's all i'm pretty sure after the splice I'm, after I'm the club see that's the now. kind of thing that i'm like yeah i'd go back and watch it now knowing right. what i know right because i do think that would be interesting to watch he basically has a choice he it's like it's like when you find out who's doing the puppet you know what i mean like it's like it's like or the wizard of oz like it's like mm-hmm. finding the man behind the curtain mm-hmm. and now that he's like in his dream it's like that weird, you know, like when you dream and like your alarm clock goes off, but 
you know it's your alarm clock, but you're still asleep and it's yes. in your dream. Oh, it's yeah. like that moment. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm dreaming and I don't want to do this anymore. And basically yeah. the tech support guy is like, you have one of two options. Like you can continue to lucid dream and where just you control and just, everything. Right. And just start over or you can wake up. Right. And live a real life out on earth. It's a hundred. And he's like, it's 150 years later and things are a little different. And mm-hmm. I, I'm waiting for the sequel where he like, <laughs> because he chooses at the end to wake up. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to live a real life, you know? And basically like, I love the tech support guys. Like, they can fix your face now. Right. Like it's 150 <laughs> years in the future. And he's like, they have the technology. They can fix your face. Cause when he's like, when he finally takes, takes the mask off with McCabe at Ellie, you see that his face is still disfigured. So that's when you kind of realize like something's not right because mm-hmm. this is supposed to be in the future and his face was fixed in the past. Mm-hmm. How is his face still disfigured? Mm -hmm. Even though he's controlling that in his mind Mm -hmm. because it's a lucid dream. I don't know. There's a lot of loose ends. Yeah. I feel like lucid ends. There's a lot of (laughs) lucid ends. And it's interesting because during when he's talking to the psychologist McCabe in the prison, McCabe tells him like, take your mask off. Your face is fixed. Like it's normal. Um, But he doesn't, he doesn't believe him. Um, but then, yeah, you flash forward to the, you know, when they go to life extension or L E and yeah, it's, it's all kind of, it's weird. It is. So then you find out the tech support guy basically says like, they kind of explain it when they're explaining life extension, like basically like you live from when you're a baby to an old man and with lucid dreaming, you can choose a time frame in your life to kind of like drop back in. And then you're mm-hmm. just that age forever, mm-hmm. which brings up an excellent question. Now that you're 34, if you had that option right now <laughs> to pick an age oh, of your life no. to just live at forever. Oh, man. What age would you pick? Man, I don't think I can answer that question. <sighs> You have control over the rest of your life. Like, that's a thing. Like, it's not, you're not like stuck in that life situation. It's just like, what age would you go back to? Just an age? Yeah. So I could still have like my family and kids and everything. I mean, you're in control of it. It's a lucid (sighs) dream. So, yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know. Sometime in my 20s sounds nice. Yeah. I'm thinking like, but 17 was fun too. We did have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking like 27 was a good, yeah, you were like I a little bit, a little bit there. wiser, a little bit older, but not, yeah. you know, I didn't have gray hair yet. So yeah. that was oh, nice. I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I got my first three at 17. Are so. you serious? Yes. What the Sad story. But basically they explain when they're like, cause he sits in on like a, an explainer of like what life extension does in his dream. Although. <sighs> Is that even real? Because it was in his lucid dream. Right. But we're forgetting something big here. What? So life expectant extensions. Life life expectancy expectancy (laughs) kicks in after you die. 
right? Wait, yeah. Okay. So all of this. Well, so here's the thing. So they, the, he tech support goes back. He says, do you really want to know what actually happened? And he's yes. like, yes. So he takes him back to the splice yes. of when he passed out outside of Sophia's after the club night. And basically he never sees Sophia again. He basically goes into like a deep, dark depression. He like kind of gets control of the company back, but it's like, he doesn't really care. Yeah. And so he ends up committing suicide, mm -hmm. like taking a bunch of pills. Mm -hmm. So then he dies, mm -hmm. but then goes to Ellie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he must have which, contacted which them though. You, How would he know? I know. That's why I thought maybe well, the did, commercials. He did sign a contract though. They did show him signing the After contract. After he searched on the internet. So right. yeah, he contacted them before he died. Yes. Obviously. And signed a contract. Visited the office. Signed a contract. Yeah. But yeah, I now I'm curious if any of those maybe things he were, saw on TV were real bef before oh, maybe. the dreams. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Um, Benny the dog is in there several times. He is. <laughs> I know. Because we were like, Benny? Betty? What are they calling the dog? Uh -huh. He... Yeah. So, but you make an excellent point. Like, did he actually die and then they froze him or did he, did they resuscitate him and then freeze him? They made and it. And then he comes back to life. They made it sound, which doesn't make any sense, but they made it sound like you die and then they collect your body <laughs> and then they freeze you at 160 degrees below zero. 197. So 197. Negative 197. There you go. Um, but then that you are in your, if you chose the lucid dream option or you're just frozen, I don't know what the other options were. Unconsciousness, um, just, just dead yeah. and frozen. But then they say that you can come back to life, which that part doesn't. But also like in order to sense. lucid dream, you have to have brain activity. So he's not dead in the frozen chamber. He can't be right. I mean, you wouldn't think so to make sense, but they said you die and then they do this. So I don't know. Are they saying you still have brain activity after you die? I don't know. I don't know. It None of it really makes a whole lot of sense. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. At any rate. So that's like the sad thing is like he like committed suicide. And yeah. then now he's in his lucid dreaming. He's like living his dream life. Mm -hmm. But then that turned into a nightmare. Yeah. And so then he kind of when he's on top of the skyscraper, which Megan called, she remembered accurately. Yeah. Again, probably the. I probably saw a preview or saw a picture. That's where I got my idea. Maybe. It's or, true because I was like, Megan, how did you not remember Tom Cruise's disfigured face yeah. and the weirdo creepy mask? Yeah. I feel like I would remember that. Yeah. He basically decides I want to wake up and live a real life. And in order to do that, he has to hurl himself off the top of a skyscraper. Which was what he had a really big fear of heights. It was yes. like his last fear to yeah. tackle or something. Yeah. So he launches himself and we get this weirdo montage of pop culture and home videos of Tom Cruise as a baby. Mm -hmm. And which I'm like, is that supposed to be your life flashing before your eyes? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um. We never really, he doesn't hit the ground. I, I, I don't understand. Like it's, it made it sound like he chose that that's how he had to like reset or wake up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that triggers something in real life with the cryo chamber, except right. that I was like, you know, when you fall in dreams and it like jerks your body awake, mm -hmm. I was like, maybe it's supposed to do that or something. I don't mm -hmm. know, but he just keeps falling and he wakes up. It shows a close up of his eye and now he's awake. Out I of think the they say open your eyes, open again. your eyes. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird. Yeah. It raises a lot of philosophical questions. <laughs> it does. One of the things that um, 
uh, one of the things Penelope Cruz or Sophia said, which was like a quote that they went back to was every passing minute is another chance to turn it around. And I feel like, um, Tom Cruise brought that up at the end, like when they're on the skyscraper together, because uh-huh. he, before he exits the lucid dream, she's there. He makes her reappear. Yeah. His dream version of her. Yeah. And they talk about that. And then, you know, she talks about maybe in our next life, we'll see each other again as cats, which she had said like previously. Yeah. Apparently that was an improv line by Penelope oh, really? Cruz. Yeah. Interesting. And then it like ends up being a big, like he says it again at the end. Right. There's like a lot of little like I, like Cameron Crowe really does that because like in Jerry Maguire, there's a lot of like stuff like that in Jerry Maguire. But at the end, when he's like talking to tech support, when they're riding the elevator up to the top of the sky- skyscraper, he says um, the little things. There's nothing bigger. Mm-hmm. Like it's the little things in life that really right. amount to like the big stuff. So it really like makes you kind of think. There's a there's a scene at the beginning of the movie, which it's funny now in hindsight, like this is why I love taking notes, because I would have never remembered this and it would have never come to mind. But uh, when he's almost in that accident with Brian, with the giant semi in New York City, when he's like driving, uh-huh. he Jason Lee's character, Brian says, death was right in front of me and your life flashed before my eyes, like kind of as a joke. Yeah. Of like what the heck, man? Like we almost died right. and I, it wasn't even my life that flashed in front of my eyes. Right. But then it's like his life does flash in front of his eyes at the mm-hmm. end. Like when he's like deciding to wake back up. Right. I wrote one thing down about Sophia's nickname, Sergio. They never like went into oh, yeah, like they never, what they that never was about. They never explained that. There's some weird technology in this movie that's like super dated, but then some weirdo like futuristic stuff that never will exist or, Mm -hmm. well, I guess not never. I guess I can't say never. Like I loved his alarm clock was like those old disc alarm clocks where you'd put like a CD in and it would play like when you, Mm -hmm. like when your alarm would go off. I was like, that's ancient. But then he had a TV that went into the floor. Right. (laughs) And then at his birthday party, there was some weirdo hologram of Coltrane like that was just playing jazz music, but it was a hologram. Like it was, I guess it was supposed to show how much money he had. I don't know. Yeah. There's a really great line that Penelope Cruz says at his birthday party when, um, uh, Cameron Diaz is like stalking him at the party. Mm -hmm. And she says, that's the saddest. I think that's the saddest girl to ever hold a martini. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I just loved that line. I was like, Oh, it's a great. There was really, the writing in this movie was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, which Cameron Crowe, I mean, think about, you've never seen Jerry Maguire, but how many famous mm-hmm. lines can you think of from Jerry Maguire? The whole you complete me scene with Renee oh, Zellweger, yeah. that's Jerry Maguire. Yeah. It's famous. Yeah. The show me the money, show mm-hmm. me the money. That's Jerry Maguire. Like there's so many, yeah. he's an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. There's, there really are some great lines in this. I think overall, probably the acting's really good in it, but the script is really good. Like, I thought the writing was actually excellent. He's mm-hmm. good with dialogue. Mm-hmm. I wrote the timeline of this is very confusing. And then, oh, this is when he gets into the car with Julie. We both were like, really? Really? Right. He goes with Julie. Like, you finally find somebody. And she even asks him, like, what happens when tomorrow she calls you up? Right. And he's like, no, I would never, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then, pff, and then you the just want to smack him. And you're like, but to your point, like, is that one decision? Mm-hmm. completely altered the course of his life. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting too, because you're kind of like, why in the world is Sophia? So when they're talking about the um, murder, when he's being accused of murdering 
Sophia. He's like, um, but Sophia was actually, hold on. Now am I switching it up? Um, Cameron Diaz, Julie, mm-hmm. um, when the, everyone is calling her Sophia, he's like, no, I did not like, I did not murder Sophia or, um, Penelope Cruz's character. Yeah. And they explain the psychologist explains it. And he said basically that he felt guilt over the fact that he treated Cameron Diaz poorly. Yeah. yeah. So he was seeing Cameron Diaz, um, or Julie Gianni's character when it was actually supposed to be Sophia, what everyone else was seeing, but his guilt from, basically treating her poorly she commits suicide yeah was switching that around i thought that was they called it uh temporary derangement yeah or that's that was the term he used one thing i loved about this movie is that the music is very early 2000s late 90s it was a lot of like they're like they play wonderwall like there's like some Mm -hmm. pretty good like throwback songs Mm -hmm. in there uh on the podcast i have talked about how somehow in a majority of Tom Cruise movies, he has found a reason to sing. Mm -hmm. It is something I've discovered doing the podcast Hmm. because you don't think of Tom Cruise as a singer. Right. And he does, he did a movie called rock of ages. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Julianne Huff is in it and he plays a rock star and he sings in it. Okay. And you're kind of like, I mean, it's clearly like auto tuned, but like he doesn't have a terrible voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you start watching like he sings in Top Gun. He sings in Jerry Maguire. He sings in and it's always just a scene and it's not like him like on a stage like whatever. Right. But there is a scene in this there movie was, yeah. where he gets really drugged up. It's when he's going to get his face fixed the final time. Yes. On and the he's singing. Stretcher. Um, what if God was one of us? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's super drugged up. And I was like, I wrote out oh, another movie where Tom Cruise is singing. So have you noted this in all of his movies? Not all of them, but okay. it's a pretty good chunk of them. Huh. So I think I'm going to have to like at the end of the podcast, I'm going to have to do a tally of like how many yeah. of his 46 movies does he actually sing in? Yeah. Um, Cause I think people will be surprised at the percentage of movies that it is. Cause it feels very high. He does his own stunts and he sings <laughs> and he sings. What can the man not do? <laughs> Were there any other notes that you had that you wanted to talk about? Um, let's see. I mean, I was trying to figure out, so they refer to like Ellie, like who is Ellie? And then you're like, there's another girl in this whole thing. And they keep, he um, keeps having these like weird flashes of like a redhead. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, from what we, um, from what you find out, there was a redhead at L.E. Life Extension. She's like the but receptionist. Yeah. There wasn't really. And it's the awful girl her. from two weeks notice. Yeah. Really terrible. She always kind of plays an annoying character. Yeah. She actually just was in a movie. I watched this weekend. It's on Netflix. I don't recommend it. It's very, it's good. You don't have time for it. It's not that good. Um, it's called I Care A Lot and it uh-huh. has Roseman Pike in it. It's a whole, it's a whole big thing. Um, but she shows up in that movie and I'm oh, like, really? she's in another annoying character. <laughs> like she always, she's like very typecast is like, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's her again. And then she pops up in this movie and I'm like, I haven't seen her in anything since two weeks yeah. notice. Like how is she just like randomly popping up and stuff? Yeah. yeah. But I, so I wrote down, cause you see this guy um, who is the life extension tech support and you're trying to figure out like where have we seen him before? And he was um one of the like um viewers or uh observers of his facial, his plastic surgery. Wasn't it the time that he like 
got it completely fixed. Yeah, it was the second time. And yeah. he was kind of up like in a, a viewing window um, watching it. Um, but yeah, trying to figure out like where he came from was... Yeah, because he's like in the bar, he's at the surgery, yeah. and you're like, what is happening? Like, who he keeps is this guy? referring to this contract and you just yeah. don't really know and what he just like He just like looks over at him and he's just like staring at him. And yeah. it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You think he might be like a resident doctor or something watching? Right. Yeah. Um, Megan would know she works in the medical field. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I thought it was slightly interesting. Um, So his parents both died in a car crash. I don't know. From a drunk driver. From a drunk driver. They said a drunk teenager. Okay. I don't remember how old it was. He was like maybe like 11-ish preteens, would you say? Did they say how old yeah. he was? He was yeah. young. He was young. But um, I guess his mom always liked um, a certain, there were a couple paintings that she liked. And one of them was a vanilla sky painting. It's in a his Monet, apartment. I think. Don't they say it's a Monet? Yeah. I don't remember that one specifically, but may, yeah, it yeah. could have very well could have been. That's where the name of the right. movie comes from. Right. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. And then at the end, um, when they're out on the rooftop don't they reference vanilla sky yeah again yeah it's funny because when they start showing the flashbacks of like where the splice was like you do start noticing that the sky looks like the sky in the painting mm-hmm. and like i wonder if that's like a little it's like a very like cotton candy pinky yeah. orange like sky i don't know why it's called vanilla sky i don't it doesn't remind me of vanilla yeah um but it is like a reference to that painting right so it's kind of like always hanging in there and like the lucid dream yeah portion of the movie right that's the kind of stuff that i'm like i would be interested to watch it again to see if i pick up on that kind of stuff i would too i'd also be interested to watch it again to like see at what point so you can like pinpoint okay this was a dream this was real this was dream okay at this point is where the splice happens yeah and um i yeah i would watch it again that Maybe way you can talk drew into it yeah i i might be able to do that yeah just make him listen to the podcast and then watch the yeah. movie or watch the movie and then listen to the podcast yeah yeah, yeah i'll do that um yeah i thought that I, that's a good i'm glad you brought that up because there is a reason for the name of the movie yeah and i didn't write that down so that was a good one you Thanks. got any more notes or was that was that the <sighs> So I feel like there were like a couple good lessons from the movie. Yeah, so I'm saying like the, he's a deep thinker. Like yeah. there's there's always there's like a reason behind. Because at first I was like, is this movie just about vanity? Yeah, because it's very much about his face. Like there's right. a lot of like stuff about his face. Yeah, and I guess there's a element of that. Um, I kept thinking like while we were watching the movie because I didn't think it was going to resolve the way that it did. I thought it was going to be one of those that was like a little more open-ended and like open to interpretation, mm-hmm. which I guess it kind of still is. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, we're going to have to like do this podcast and I have to be like, what did you think it meant? And I was going to be very not prepared to for my answer because I was like, I don't really know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Ish. I mean, I could guess there's a couple different things, but the way they resolved it kind of makes it clear mm-hmm. what it's about. Yeah. Um, I, I did write down um, another thing. Uh, he said, dreams are a cruel joke they taught me. And I mean, you can tell just like in the movie, like you, he can never tell what's real. He says it once. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's a dream and yeah. what's real. I feel like I can relate to that sometimes. Yeah. Well, not not completely, but like, dreams Megan, can be like, you're in a dream. Super, right now. Super, <laughs> there have been times where I've been like, okay, if I dream this, just tell yourself, this is a dream. <laughs> Where I've like woke up um, and I'll be in my dream and I'll be like, 
<laughs> no, this is a dream. Yeah. I remember like yeah. telling myself, if this happens, this, this is, is a, a dream. dream. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I don't have to be stressed out anymore. It's kind of like, um, like the, not that 2001 is not modern day, but it was 20 years ago. Let that blow wow. your mind. I know. I would say the modern day equivalent of this movie-ish is Inception. Yeah. Where it's like that whole idea of like, what is dream and what's reality right, right. and it's a little more clear in Inception because you know from the beginning that it's there's a difference. Mm -hmm. But I would I do think that's an interesting thing that people do find fascinating and want to explore from time to time. And the mm -hmm. whole idea of like, what did it mean? Like, I dreamt this last night. What do you think it meant? Mm -hmm. You know, or like that weird amalgamation of like your subconscious, like pulling things from. Yes. Like it, like the TV commercials and stuff that he sees, like where it's like, there's little thing. Like, I'm sure if we went back and watched it, you'd notice like little things that like right. happened that influence like his. And like, they even say that he's like, you know, it's you're, you're filling, you're populating your dream with things from your past. And so like, there was a scene, I actually noticed it in the movie where all the cars were old in the street. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck? They're all look like they're from the seventies or something. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's weird. And I was like, well, it can't be random. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he even says the tech support guy is like, you basically recreated an album cover that you loved, a Bob Dylan album cover that you loved growing up in your mind. And then it like superimposes that scene onto the album cover. And you're like, oh, like it's kind of, it's that, that kind of stuff's like actually pretty cool in the movie where it's like, yeah, that is how dreams work. Like, right. Where you just have like some random like piece of information that, like I always love doing that. If I wake up in the morning and I like remember my dream, I'm I try to figure out like what influenced right. everything in the dream from like the day before. Like, right. oh, I thought that because of this. And right. like um so it's I do kinda, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's kind of fascinating to have a movie about that. So yeah, there were parts of it that I really, really did like that I thought were interesting. Yeah. I could have done without the mask. I thought that was weird. Yeah. The whole subplot with the mask in the face disfigurement, I'm not about. But the dream stuff I thought was fascinating. Yeah. So it is an interesting movie. There's, I have a few trivia facts written down that I thought you would find amusing. Um, and for me, the ones that I really liked, there was like 110 trivia facts that oh, I wow. found. I only wrote down 16 of them. So okay. I spared you from a lot of them. <laughs> the scene with Tom Cruise alone in Times Square. This happens at the very beginning yes. of the movie is not computer enhanced. So the production okay. was given unprecedented permission to shut down Times Square for one Sunday. At the time, the news ticker was providing updates on the George W. Bush Al Gore election. <laughs> wow. When this, it was filmed in 2000. Yeah. To avoid dating the film, Crow got permission to change the NASDAQ sign in post-production so that it wouldn't be like the 2000 election, like yeah. whatever. But I think that's funny. That is. Um, it would have severely dated the movie. Uh -huh. Not that there aren't other things in the movie that severely dated. Right. There was a Steven Spielberg cameo. Did you see it? No. Where? Do you know what Steven Spielberg looks like? Uh, I think so. Okay. So at he was. I'm going to look up now. Okay, perfect. <laughs> he's a guest at David's birthday. Um, Kind of when he's like saying hi to everybody at the beginning when he's pulling around. There's a dude with a hat on and a blazer. Yeah. And that's Steven Spielberg. Okay. So he's wearing a pre-crime cap from Minority Report. Have you seen Minority Report? No. It's another Tom Cruise movie. It actually also came out in 2001, I think. Or maybe 2002. We've yet to do that on the podcast. So okay. that's still coming up. But Spielberg and Tom Cruise were prepping to begin filming at the time. 
And uh, as a returned favor, Cameron Crowe has a cameo in Minority Report. So that's kind of fun. Ooh. So when I watch Minority Report, I'll have to look out for Cameron Crowe. Um, yeah. The song I Fall Apart on the soundtrack is performed by Cameron Diaz and credited oh. to Juliana Gianni, her character's name. Oh. So there's like, remember when he picks her up in the car or she drives up or whatever, there's, she's like, what do you think about this song? That's yeah. actually her singing. So huh. kudos to Cameron Diaz. She also yeah. sings in the Annie remake. Oh yeah. She's like, did a bunch of stuff for like, I guess that might've been the first movie that she ever like sang in. She played great. What? Who did, does she play Grace in that? No, she plays Miss Hannigan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She does. Yeah. David Ames, so Tom Cruise's character, lives in the Dakota, which is the famed New York City apartment building where John Lennon lived and died. Hmm. So the, the exterior, when they show people coming in and out. Yeah. I've actually seen that building. It's um right off of Central Park. Okay. Kurt Russell agreed to do the movie without ever reading the script. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. Cameron Crowe's got a, a the his reputation precedes him. Mm -hmm. The studio executives wanted Crowe to. So this I find fascinating, and I've always I always wonder this about movies that came out around this time. So they filmed it in two thousand, mm -hmm. but it didn't release till December two thousand one. Uh huh. Okay. So what major life event happened? Oh yeah, the World Trade Centers, yeah. right? 9-11. So studio executives wanted Cameron Crowe to digitally remove the World Trade Centers after the attacks, but he did not remove them. So they are still in the movie hmm. fully intact. Probably one of the last movies that they are in would be my guess. Yeah. Just a little personal note for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's separation from his wife, Nicole Kidman, was announced while he was filming this movie. He told the cast and crew the day before it went public. So this was... Unfortunately, the movie that split up Nicole Kidman mm. and Tom Cruise, probably because he ended up dating Penelope Cruz. Mm -hmm. You got to think that that played a little bit of a part in it. At the start of the movie, when David wakes up with Julie, her ringtone, I find this fascinating. Her ringtone is row, row, row your boat. Really? But at the moment she answers the call and the music stops, the next lyrics would have been life is but a dream. Huh. They tell wow. you right there in the freaking beginning scene of the whole thing. Wow. I think I said this to you earlier. The film is a remake of the 1997 movie Open Your Eyes, which, fun fact, also starred Penelope Cruz. Really? Yeah. So it's a, I think it's a Spanish film. Okay. And she was in that. And then when they were doing the remake, I guess Cameron Crowe, Cameron Crowe's like a, he's been said in interviews that he was a huge fan of that movie. Okay. And so he doesn't create, he does, he said, I don't consider this a remake. I consider it a remix. Okay. Where he kind of put his spin on it. Um, but being a fan of the movie, I think he probably wanted Penelope Cruz to come in. And so she uh, came in and worked on the movie. I wonder how old she was in that movie. 97. Oh, okay. I don't know. How old, how old was she? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What year no, is she just, born? No, I'm just looking at open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Made in 97. I mean, it's only four years before this movie came out. So Cameron Diaz obviously has the same first name as the director, Cameron Crowe. Mm -hmm. So on set, they referred to her as CD. So as to not confuse her with Cameron <laughs> Crowe, which I think is funny. I don't know when Tom Cruise was quoted saying this because... I don't like, I don't know where in his like filmography, but he has been quoted as saying that this is the best film he's done, which I highly wow. disagree with. But <laughs> um, 
maybe he maybe he's he thinks it's his best acting or something. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure exactly mm-hmm. what he means by that. Um, it's definitely not the best film he's done. I have seen better films, mm-hmm. but I always think as an actor, like they probably like the disfigurement, the having right. to talk like with prosthetics and like alter the way you walk and talk and move your right. arms and everything. I'm like, I could see that. Right. That maybe it's, it could be something that he's like most proud of because right. it took so much physical yeah, acting. Like the dramatic effect of yes. it all. Yes. Yeah. Fun fact, Kate Hudson turned down the role of Julie Gianni. So we could have had Kate Hudson in this movie, which what she would have worked. They're very similar, Kate Hudson and Cameron Diaz mm-hmm. to a certain degree. I was going to say, I feel like having Cameron Diaz and Penelope Cruz having the blonde, like a blonde and a brunette, like very opposite yeah. made the like switching back and forth much more clear. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like. Like if it had been Penelope Cruz and Salma Hayek, you would have been like, yeah, or even Kate Hudson, (laughs) you've been like, wait a minute. (laughs) They're very similar. Uh huh. And like, so if they had done that, that would have been bad. Cause you'd have been like, wait, what? Yeah. It's the same person. Yeah. I feel like the the blonde and brunette was a good, it was a good call. Yes. The complete opposite, which I feel like Cameron Diaz's hair was like even blonder in this movie than it normally is. It was almost like that bleach. It was the early two thousands and everybody was like bleach blonde. Like, well, not us. My sister did it at one point. Yeah. (laughs) It was a thing. (laughs) Cameron Crowe says that there are 428 references to pop culture made in the film. How many? 428. What? I know. But I feel like a lot of them are those like flashes of like, you know, whatever. And then this one, I find, Susan, my last trivia fact, I find super fascinating. In the Times Square sequence at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of images that are flashing and stuff. Yes. One of the images that flashes for only a few frames is of Katie Holmes on the cover of a magazine. And this is like way before he dated Katie Holmes. Um. Fun fact. Are you, when, are you asking who is she? No. Oh, I was like, Megan. No, because when we were just talking, did you say Kate Hudson? Yes. Before? Did you mean Katie Holmes? Did yeah, you think I, I said Katie totally Holmes? I was totally thinking Katie Holmes. Kate Hudson is blonde too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I scratched that. Scratch that. I was thinking of Katie Holmes. I mean, I was like, two Kate, brunettes. I was like, I was like, Kate Hudson is a blonde, but I guess she's not as blonde as Cameron Diaz. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, totally <laughs> thinking of Katie Holmes. Wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all right. Katie Holmes is in the movie though. In that front, front, like it's a magazine yeah. cover with Katie okay. Holmes on it. And how weird is that? Because he ends up married to her right. and That's having a kid with totally her. Totally, who I was thinking they were talking. That's about. hilarious. You were talking. That about. would have been confusing. <laughs> Kate Hudson, you know how to lose a guy in yeah. ten days. Oh, you I know, know who she is. You love how to lose a guy in ten yes, days. Yes, I do. Who doesn't love how to lose a guy in exactly. ten days? But yeah, overall, I think it's an interesting concept for a movie. I'm not super into like sci-fi. Yeah. I don't know that I'd classify this as like sci-fi. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that either. I always think sci-fi is like robots and right. whatever. But aliens. The dream stuff, I guess, is kind of like yeah, but, the, it's, but it also the says, cryo. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a fantasy. I would say that I would call it more of that than I would mm-hmm. a sci-fi movie. Did you say comedy was in there at all? No, mystery, okay. thriller, just romance. Fantasy, romance, I was gonna and say, sci-fi. Comedy for sure not. No. We maybe left two, possibly three times, but mostly just at that one part. <laughs> but mostly we were like dying. I think we probably missed something important because we were laughing so hard. Yeah. Um it was a really funny scene. Yes. Tom Cruise does the whole like over the top acting so well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like his calling card. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite Tom Cruise movie? 
You know, I do really like, I haven't seen all, well, definitely have not seen all of Tom Cruise's movies. Well, I mean, movies, I haven't seen all of Tom Cruise's movies. I have really enjoyed his Mission Impossibles, and I couldn't yes. tell you which one. Um, have you seen them all? I don't know if I've seen the most recent. You when haven't seen the, Fallout? Wait a minute. Is that five? Six is the most recent. When did that come out? 2019. Then maybe I saw it. Like July 2019. Yeah. I I would say... Is that the one with the helicopter? There's a couple with a helicopter Aww. in it. Oh, yeah. Where there's a huge helicopter like fight at the end. Yes. Yes. And the one where he jumps out of the yeah, airplane. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I you really like that, that one. one. I'd that say that's good. probably probably my favorite one. Yeah. It's a five and six are like my two favorite Mission Impossibles. Yeah. But and we again, haven't even talked about those yet on the podcast. But those are those are good ones. You but can't go I wrong with Mission Impossible. It's I haven't like, seen all of his movies so i feel like there are probably others that i would like just as well if not more but i do really like that one yeah it's pretty good he's like that's kind of like his that's his bread and butter yeah mission impossible he yeah. is ethan hunt so it's like um it's a good pick so yeah. i'm down for it what's your favorite one um a few good men's my favorite tom cruise okay. movie but the mission impossibles really are a close second okay. and jerry mcguire is up there yeah it's interesting watching an actor's like entire film, which is the whole point of the podcast was like, I want to be able to say I've watched that act one actors, like all of their movies. Yeah. And so I picked Tom Cruise because a few good men is my favorite movie. And because there was a lot of his movies that I hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm actually like finding movies that I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I actually really liked that one. Like that might creep into like my top 10, you know, favorite, whatever movies. Mm -hmm. So, um, and getting to revisit some of like, I love Jerry Maguire so much, but I hadn't seen it in so long. And I mm -hmm. watched it and I was like, man, this movie is so good. Like mm -hmm. it might be my top, my top three Tom Cruise movies. Mm -hmm. So that part of it's been really fun. Um, but like, I haven't seen minority report in forever. Like I'm excited to watch that one. Um, I haven't seen his Jack Reacher movies, which I've heard are great. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot left for me to see, which I am, I am excited about. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Megan. Thank you for having me, Jessica. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I took more notes, uh, watching this movie than I probably ever have. <laughs> I know it's, but I think I, it's fun but for I me. I feel like I followed it better that way. Yeah. Like I like, we don't actively watch stuff anymore. Like I feel like yeah. you're either on your phone, there's right. distractions. Ex yeah. So it's like everything I, I watch a, is distracted yes, <laughs> with triplets. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but I like the practice of like sitting down and actually like watching something to watch it, knowing that you're going to discuss it after, right. because I do think, Oh, I think filmmakers in general like to make things that people want to discuss, you know? Right. So that, that's been really, really fun for me with just with this podcast but i think we should crawl behind the couch now and play sorry <laughs> and let the tv yeah. die yeah that sounds <laughs> because, good and then you can stay awake all night <laughs> yeah just to relive that gosh what i mean okay when were we in second grade that was probably like what 95 96 yeah i can't do math at this hour but <laughs> three how old are you in second grade like seven years old uh i'll say five six well, you're you're younger than me. Ninety four, maybe. Think about how yeah. long ago that was. Yeah. Who would have thought our, our tiny little seven seven year olds behind that couch that we'd now be sitting on couches recording a podcast? I know. Actually, on the couch, not behind I know, the couch. We've made or it. Under the couch. We <laughs> we've <have> arrived. arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Megan. I love you to death. Thanks, Jessica. I love you too. 
chef prepares a special menu for your delight, oh my. Tonight you fly so high up in the vanilla sky. Your life is fine, it's sweet and sour, unbearable or great. You gotta love every hour, you must appreciate. This is your time, this is your day. You've got it all. 